You're listening to the Bill Shapes Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. Midco SN, your go-to for another fall sports season across the Dakotas, with a ton of live football broadcasts from the Missouri Valley, the NSIC, the GPAC, and the high school ranks coming your way. Not to mention Summit League and NSIC volleyball and soccer, plus award-winning original programs like Midco Sports Magazine, Day by Day, and the return of Varsity Sports Live on Friday nights at 10.30. That's Midco Sports Network. This is how we do sports, and this is the Bill Shapes podcast yes welcome to another edition of the build shapes podcast taping this as always on a monday monday afternoon on the 16th of september episode number six for the season bill shaves alex Heinert. bill how does this monday greet you after a pretty successful weekend for und athletics yeah it was a good weekend it really was uh you know, it uh, right right to the end, really, last night in yeah, uh, yeah. in Arizona. I mean, that's a big win for the women's soccer team on the road. So uh, um, off to as good a start as we had last year as well. So last year was six one and one. This year six one and one. And so uh, really, teams playing great. And uh, yeah, it was a good weekend. You know, I mean, obviously, um, you know, y- you live and die whether you win or lose. And uh, um, but it was a uh, you know kind of a, one of those classic football games too, where you know again, if you didn't care who won or lost. It was a fun game, but uh, but not when you're sitting in the chairs we are. And so yeah, yeah. Uh, to be able to come up with a big play at the end was just uh, so encouraging, and it gives this team a lot of life going forward. We'll start there. Saturday afternoon, potato bowl. You know, it was a fun one for the neutral, as you would say, from a soccer term. And, you know, it, it was a game that kind of had a little bit of everything. And we've kind of gotten used to these UND games that look like everything's going great, and then somebody gets hurt or there's some adversity. And then they kind of have to weather the storm. And from your perspective, I mean, injuries happen, of course, that's part of football. But to lose your starting quarterback in the home opener and then you lose a guy that you really had high hopes for as a backup in week three, kind of in the same spot in the field. It was just like it was almost from our perspective in the booth as we were calling the game. Like, you can't you got to be kidding me. This this can't be happening again. Yeah, that was not it was uh, it's too bad. You know, obviously. You have two seniors that have uh, have seen enough, have have done enough here in this program, and now they have their opportunity. And unfortunately, um, you know, football football's a very physical game, as we know. And uh, you know, literally, as we've seen in the NFL, that 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 you know, teams are now going to have to deal with how do they go forward. And I thought the resiliency of our team uh, to kind of hang in there and uh, and and now get a bye week, which it really comes at an awesome time. I know bye weeks always come at at a very uh, opportune time when you're dealing with football, but this one kind of gives you now a chance to to, uh, take a deep breath and and figure out where we are from a a, a roster standpoint. And, you know, Tommy came in as a true freshman and you got to give him a whole lot of credit. I mean, you know, he's playing high school ball last year and uh, he comes in to have to carry, uh, in a sense, a team, uh, you know, a team's fate from the quarterback position. Not that he had to carry the entire team, but certainly he had to get us in position to be able to win that game. Yeah, and he did so. I mean, that's Danny Foran really opened up the offense in the second half, had trust in him. In that first drive, obviously 14-14 at halftime, UND football to start the third quarter, and they're they're going downfield and back-to-back big plays to Noah Wanzik, and then James Johansson scores the play after. It was just really a great statement drive to show we've got faith in this kid, and we're going to let it loose a little bit. And Tommy was was up for the task. And like you said, a, a guy that was you know winning a state championship in Michigan last year, but 
it's a different deal stepping up and then you're you're not expecting probably to play at all this season, maybe just a little bit in garbage time at the end of some of these games. And now he's going up against a ranked opponent in the potato bowl in in this environment, all this stuff. I just um we're talking to him later today and I'm really curious to see what he has to say about what his impressions were when he knew he was going in and he was going to be entrusted with this offense. Obviously, he did a phenomenal job with the opportunity and helped lead this team to a win. Yeah, I think that's what it is, opportunity. And you got to be ready. And, uh, you know, it's not something that he hasn't done before. Obviously, he's played quarterback. It's not like we're asking him to do something he's never done before. But at, at, to, to kind of get, you know, from a high school ball to FCS uh, level, that, that's a pretty, pretty big jump. And uh, you're right. It, it was in it was right in the heat of it as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, in, in, you know, given, you know, the NCAA, when, when that uh, rule change came about last year where you can play four games and maintain your red shirt uh, you know kind of still gives you an opportunity to kind of figure things out as things move forward here uh, you know yeah. you, you just never know how this season's going to go though and so um, I, I always like to caution people when they say well we're going to red shirt somebody you know when you know when you're going to red shirt someone at the end of the year <laughs> that's when you know like yeah. like you could have every plan to do that but you don't know how life is going to go. And so at some stage of the game, you know, you might um, you might have to, you know, use somebody uh, at that point for obviously for for team reasons. Yeah. The great thing again about this is you've got a true freshman kid that has just gotten an unbelievable experience. Obviously, if it's a one game experience or he has to play in a couple of weeks or, or whatever, how the season goes, he's got this now on his resume moving forward. And and he still has these these three more games as a buffer to go. And he could still come back next year as a redshirt freshman and be potentially if things, you know, kind of go and the stars align and he stays healthy and keeps progressing. It, it's exciting to think that he could maybe come into next season already with a couple of wins under his belt and still be a freshman and still have the opportunity to quarterback this team for the next couple seasons. Certainly, you never know. But and again, we're not breaking any news here on the podcast. We have no idea how things are going to go. But the, but the reality of it is. You know, I thought because of football's physicality, it made a whole lot of sense that this rule was in place. I still am a big believer, I think, five for five and just be done with it. And, and then, and then you, you know what? You don't have to get into these other things because I, the one thing I love about the, the four-game rule for the, for, the, um, for the freshmen is it really keeps them engaged and really gets to a point where you never know, especially on special teams. You might, yeah. you might need someone. So, so at the end of the day, you know, you get someone, they're coming in, keeps them really focused. You never know what, what, what week might be your week. And uh, who knows what happens the rest of the year. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was encouraging. I thought the uh, Alara Center was jumping on Saturday. I thought it made it difficult for Sam Houston. And, uh, you know, obviously we'd love to fill every seat in the Alara Center. But, uh, you know, day by day, we'll get that done. No, no pun intended there, Bubba. But we, we, that's, that's something we've got to get done as well. Yeah, well, I'd like to quote Bubba as well, like the scoreboard tells you how you feel. And at the end of the day, 27-23 with a, with a big win, great defensive effort, you know, forcing four turnovers, keeping an offense that had averaged 54 points a game, you know, in one of those games against an FBS school and almost, you know, 500 plus yards of total offense to, to limit them to half that and more than half that 
or the great showing from Eric Schmidt and company. And, and that's, I, like you said, huge confidence boost now moving forward going into this bye week with a couple of very difficult games looming on the other side with Eastern Washington. And I'm excited to chat with you about that next week in, in the preview of UND taking on uh, a place that you know very, very well and UC Davis to follow. So two teams in the top five on the horizon. But uh, yeah, certainly, I think for UND fans, you got to like what you saw on, on Saturday and got to be excited now at two and one, the, the potential for something special now this season. Yeah, and you know, it was something that you know Bubba and I and uh, Brian Faison before me. Uh, you know, we knew that we could play twelve games this year, and I just thought I, it was funny. Two athletic directors, in a sense, made the same decision. In a sense of looked at the schedule and just said, "That's going to be tough enough." I think that's going to be. You know, if you're having a pretty good year, I'll I'll stack up our eleven games against many's twelve games. And so, uh, uh, you know, it gives us an opportunity to now take a, take a deep breath and you're right and get ready uh, to go to Cheney and, you know, uh, you know, Eastern's still looking for their first win of the year because they beat a non-Division one and lost to Washington and lost uh, at Jacksonville State. They've got to go to Idaho this week, which will not be easy, uh, you know, a 90-mile deal and kind of a, I'll call it a rivalry to some degree. I'm not quite sure, you know, I think a, a lot like they're trying to get back into it as well at this stage mm-hmm. of the game. So that will be difficult. And then, you know, we, we, we have that week to, to, to kind of prep for them, which is great. One of the big things I think is fans look at the schedule and that probably was a question that's come up like, hey, why not schedule a game this week? But I think now, especially the way things have panned out with some of the injuries and the prospect of potentially getting some of those guys back with a week of rest before that Eastern game. And they, you know, obviously they, there is no rest for them. They're playing straight through. Davis is playing straight through as well. You have to feel pretty good about the decisions that you've made in terms of the schedule. I would assume. Yeah, well. I feel I'll, good. I'll, 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 t- I'll tell you at the end of the year. You know, that's really that's really what it is because yeah. even the teams you're playing right now, you don't know truly who who are going to be the top twenty four teams. And so, you know, I, you know, I, I read, you know, um, you know, stats and, and all those guys. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll say this: we're probably not getting much love right now. I will say that. But you know what? You got to earn it. And you know what? Part of it is we have an opportunity to earn it. And over the course of time, over the course of the year, um, I'd rather have them care about us at the end of the year than right now. Does that make sense? I I would say so. Yes. Because right now, UND is basically the 26th ranked team in the country uh, in in the stats poll. And and like you said, whatever, it doesn't matter right now. It really, it really doesn't. If they were number six or number 15 or number 23 versus number whatever being not ranked, they're just numbers at this point. And like you said, what, what really matters is around Thanksgiving time, where do you stack up in terms of the eye of the committee? So Yeah, and I think the committee is not the same group that's actually putting those numbers out right now. Exactly. So there's that. So, you know, so, you know, and, and we know who, who the committee is, which is great. And so we have to just make sure that we take care of uh, a business on the field and then off the field, we just have to make sure that folks do know, I guess, uh, you know, what has occurred because those, those committee members are, are just me somewhere else. And so they have to worry about, you know, their their uh, teams and, and doing those types of things. So we have to do uh, what we have to do off the field as well to make sure that we're, we're getting all the information that we need to to those individuals. 
the track is being laid and, and things are happening right now in, in a positive direction after a big win over a ranked team at home to cap off the 54th annual Potato Bowl USA. Fun Potato Bowl week, by the way, as always. It, the one thing, of course, that was different this year, moving the French fry feed to the Hislop instead of outside because of inclement weather. I saw that you had a great tweet about how the great ones adjust. We always talk about that. But that, you know, great for the staff to sort of just call an audible and be able to move this huge event, which typically takes space at University Park, and to move it inside. And it was still, I would say, right, a big success for this uh, for this week. Yeah, the good news is I think we laid the groundwork for future years in case something happens from an inclement weather standpoint. Obviously, it's a big deal for the community. And, you know, the I can tell you that day, it was a hundred percent chance of rain, and there was rain. That's what I will tell you. It was a lot of rain, and so Eric Martinson on our staff, who who handles a lot of our facility and operational type uh, um, issues, um, you know, he got it dropped on him. You know, forty eight hours prior to it, and uh, you know, the great ones do adjust. You pivot and you figure it out. And he made a lot of phone calls and uh, made sure he had everybody. Uh, you know, uh, aligned. And uh, it, I think it went well. I think the the committee really, uh, you know, uh, was was thankful and it gives us a chance to to help out the community. And, and at the end of it all, really, Alex, that's what it's all about. Yeah, certainly. I saw Eric after the game on Saturday. He looked, he had a very relieved, very tired look on his face. <laughs> Gave me a little thumbs up. You know, it's one of those things. That's a busy week and that's a lot of big stuff. And I, like you said, as always, with these big weeks where there are these big home events and it's not just a game, but it's everything that leads up to the game and the tailgate and the parade and the French fry feed and everybody's kind of pitching in in different ways. Another big success for the athletics department this week. Well, we like to say that, you know, many times we're, we're putting on multiple weddings a year. That's really what it ends up being probably about at least 50 weddings a year, maybe more. And, um, you know, things happen and you have to be able to pivot. And, and, and you have to be able to uh, figure things out moving forward. So, hey, the next time we're home, it's, you know, that little small thing called homecoming. Yeah, isn't that something? It's, we had that conversation after the game, like, oh, yeah, the next home game that we have is in October. As, as you mentioned, homecoming and also hockey that night, exhibition opener against Manitoba, all happening on October the 5th, the next time UND football is home. It's crazy. It is crazy. crazy. Yep, yeah, no doubt. But it was good. It was great. Uh, great to see the crowd really get into it on Saturday. I think it really helped the team. Um, yeah. And uh, hopefully that's uh, that's just we'll, we'll get more uh, more where that came from for the rest of the year. Yes, sir. Well, big win for football, a winning weekend for volleyball as well. Uh, Jeremiah Tiffin and the girls heading down to North Carolina and playing four games over the span of three days and going three and one over that stretch. Now seven and five on the season. We got the win over the Citadel. That was the only one I really care about, that budding UND-Citadel rivalry. We got one back after they beat our soccer team earlier this year. Uh, Again, it just feels like it's fun to read the box scores and you see kind of a different, I don't want to say hero, but sort of a different uh, player step up in each of those games. That guy has to bode well for this team moving forward to see this young group really step up in, you know, a, a far off tournament for another week on the road to have more success. Good signs ahead for this team. Yeah, three in one weekend, and uh, was able to see Coach Tiffin at our all staff meeting this morning, and uh, he said, you know, they're 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 ready to be at home. 
That's what they're ready to be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, got a few matches here uh, in the UND Classic uh, coming up uh, 7 o'clock against Eastern Washington uh, on Thursday night and then uh, a couple of matches on uh, on Friday as well. So so they're just happy to be sleeping in their own beds, uh, you know, obviously this week <laughs> and then uh, and then go from there. But I, I think, you know, I, all in all, I, th- I think the first three weeks of the season has been a success for them. Yeah, I would say so too. And I guess you said, great that they can come back home for the first time this year. The UND Classic's always a lot of fun. You get a, a different teams kind of from all over the place competing. Some, some games against USD, some against, or UND, excuse me, some against each other. And then after that, it's conference play. That's the, that's the unbelievable thing to me. This is sort of the, the last weekends of the non-conference season. And then it's and then it's happening. Summit League play kicks off just the week after that. It's wild. And then away you go. So uh, yeah, they're uh, they're excited for sure to be back, and uh, it'll be they're always a lot of fun to watch. So uh, hopefully there'll be some big crowds at the Betty. Yeah, like Bill mentioned, seven o'clock against Eastern on Thursday, twelve thirty against Lamar on Friday, and then seven thirty that Friday night against the Zips from Akron. That's coming up this weekend at the Betty. Women's soccer, kind of a similar situation. Another winning weekend for Chris Logan. Four on the spin now for the ladies. They get a 2-1 win, and you touched on it at the beginning, over Grand Canyon down in Arizona. Uh, A goal in the 10th minute from Olivia Knox. They get a PK in the 80th uh, from Megan Wright. Kat Klein made a penalty kick save halfway through this contest. You know, we, we talked about it last week. Grand Canyon's good. I mean, this is a good whack team. And we went down there and took care of business on a uh, steamy Arizona night. Just just last night, six one and one now. As you mentioned, for the ladies, best start since a year ago. Another great non conference season for them. That's going to wrap up this week with two more games on the road. Yeah, no doubt about it. it you know, um, head to uh, Boise and uh, into Moscow to play the University of Idaho. But you're right. Um, teams kind of found themselves a little bit, and uh, you know things are going pretty well when you stop a PK. And so uh, that and that's a big big uh lift for the team so uh big win last night and uh yeah let's see how we finish off i know boise boise's pretty good uh we've played we've played idaho um before uh and so we're you know i i think that'll be uh that that that's a that's one that I think, you know, who knows, but that that could be kind of like your proverbial 50-50 ball but boise we're going to have to be on point they're pretty good yeah, a couple of big opponents up west, northwest part of the part of the world here coming up this week. And then just like volleyball, those are the final non-conference tests for UND before Summit League play starts. So it gets real. It gets real, real soon here for all these. It's real, real fast, right? <laughs> Feels like once October hits, then yeah, I mean, really, it's it's these games matter just that much more. So best of luck to the ladies as they take on, as you mentioned, the Broncos on Friday and the Vandals on Sunday. Cross country was in action as well this past week in Brookings, the South Dakota State Classic. A couple of really good individual performances. Hannah Oscarson took third uh, against a really top field. A lot of really good runners from South Dakota State and North Dakota State involved. Uh, the women as a team took third as well. The men took fourth. Uh, this is a group, again, that is kind of building. The big Roy Griak Invitational is coming up in two weeks. That's a huge one that the that Minnesota hosts. Uh, you know, I, Christine Engel now has had a couple of meets under her belt. What have you heard from Christine about how this team is progressing early on in the season? Yeah, you know, and you're you're kind of a, a track guy that can has can give you a little bit more expertise, but I, I think it depends on uh, um, a few of our athletes uh, need uh, some time. I guess they haven't really performed yet. And I, I guess you're always trying to write, it's almost like swimming, right? You're trying to get them to peak at a certain yeah, yeah. point in time. And so, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, nothing that is uh, certainly season ending by any stretch, but I think getting the full team rolling is, is what she's looking forward to. But uh, yeah, these, uh, these meets are, are, ones that the ones that 
the, the kids that are healthy to go um, obviously gives them opportunity against uh, really good competition all leading up to the uh, Summit League Championships. Yeah, which is not that far away. Again, it's a, it's a short cross-country season and then you get conference, which is just right around the corner, and then you kind of progress on there for your regionals and and then the national meet as well. So good things ahead. Um, again, best of luck to the cross-country team in two weeks against the, uh, well, a wide selection of top teams from the upper Midwest in the cities. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, and the, the way I kind of liken sometimes cross-country, in some ways, it's almost sometimes, it, well, it's it's sort of like a non-conference or or maybe even spring training baseball where sometimes it, you may not be playing your best team at that point in time because mm-hmm. of you're trying to get everybody healthy and, and, and ready to go. So, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, Christine's getting to know uh, the team that was left uh, for her, and then obviously simultaneously doing a great job from a recruiting standpoint. Yeah, good stuff there. Uh, we mentioned on the pod last week, because again, we taped on a Monday, that was the day that men's and women's golf were going to get things rolling and down in Fargo. And then after we recorded, as is sometimes the case, that was canceled because the weather was terrible. And so I think they got a couple of holes in, and then it kind of it just didn't. It wasn't a great day, and they move on, so no debuts, no full debuts at least this past weekend, so tough one. That's the fall for you sometimes. Yeah, that's the fall, and uh, men's golf is uh, at Valpo right now as we speak, uh, both today and tomorrow, so we'll see. Hopefully, it works out for them this this weekend, and uh, the women uh, next next Monday and Tuesday will be uh, uh in Fort Collins and uh, at Colorado State's uh, tournament. So, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think they got actually, they did get about eight, nine, ten holes in, and then it just it just downpoured. And so mm-hmm. they got off the they got off the track. Yeah, what's the line in Caddyshack? You know, I, the, the, the heavy stuff's not going to come for a long time. I play, play on. That was like Thursday during the French fry feed. I mean, that's exactly yeah. what it was. I mean, it was heavy rain. So, uh, um, but yeah, the heavy stuff's going to come later. Uh, speaking of maybe heavy stuff that's maybe a good segue into kind of one of the big ncaa stories from this past week the california government uh, at least the senate excuse me it hasn't been officially signed in by the governor yet but the senate in california passed what's being called the fair pay to play act which enables college athletes to earn money from the names, images, and likenesses. The NCAA right now is basically saying this is unconstitutional and that the state of California doesn't have the jurisdiction to make this ruling. There's been a lot of conversation about this. Uh, Obviously, if you've paid attention to this story, the Tim Tebow take had kind of lifted this from sort of a small thing that not many people were talking about into a much bigger national issue. But this is a big thing. We've talked about this a lot. Like, should college athletes be paid? How does this all work? What did you make of, of this news from this past week, Bill? Yeah, no, I was glad that uh, Tim weighed in. I mean, I, I've, obviously everyone has their opinion and it doesn't make it right or wrong. Uh, you know, it's your opinion. And uh, what I found interesting when he uh, made his, uh, you know, his feelings known uh, or his thoughts on it, it seems like there's then an onslaught, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. And it's like, eh, I'm not sure he's necessarily wrong. Uh, And, you know, but I do think this is going to be interesting. Uh, South Carolina has jumped on as well. So they are starting to um, figure it out, I think, from a uh, political standpoint. So they're not as far down the path as, say, California is right now. But I, I do think this, Alex, I think this will necessitate some structural change in the NCAA. I do believe that. And, you know, because here's the the folks that 
I, and I, again, I, whether I'm for it or against it, that's off to the side right now. I'm actually kind of figuring out, let's pretend it goes forward and it should go forward and and you should be able to uh, reap dollars on your name, image, and likeness. That that off to the side. The question I have is, how does it get done? That, that That's always been the question, whether you're compensating um, the student-athletes greater than they are already, how do you do that and maintain Title IX gender equity numbers? It, there's going to have to be a structural change. I mean, currently right now, uh, if you're an FBS program, you have to have a minimum of 16 sports. At the FCS level, it's 14 sports. I, I You know, those are, I think, pretty arbitrary numbers. I mean, it could go from six to eight. It could. It could go from... 14 and 16 to four and six. And then what's going to happen potentially is opportunities for a number of student athletes. It may look a lot different than it is right now. Not that that's maybe not the right thing, whatever the right thing is. But but at the end, my only question's always been, how do you do it under the current format? That's why I think there needs to be at some point a structural change of what's transpiring. Unfortunately, this is where our podcast is going to end for the day. Bill and I would go on to have a long conversation about what this California Act means for the NCAA, all the changes that might come of it. That carried on for another 15 minutes or so. And then we talked, obviously, like we always do, B-side topics, including Ben Roethlisberger's season-ending elbow injury, all the Steelers things, which Bill is actually okay about. If you're curious, Bill actually has high hopes still to see how this whole Steeler thing plays out with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. We talked a lot about soccer, of course, with the Champions League coming back. Spurs plays this week against Olympiacos, a Greek team that Bill knows nothing about, which is fine because why would he exactly? So they play on Wednesday in the Champions League group stage. Liverpool, by the way, play Napoli on Tuesday. Be sure to check that out. But uh, And we talked a little bit about Spurs beating Palace. For nothing over the weekend. Lots of conversations about that. We talked about Team USA hoops, etc. However, you don't get to hear any of that because we had a technical glitch halfway through recording. So the second half of the pod has been lost forever, which is kind of sad. So anyway, this is just a quick apology. That's the first time we've ever had anything like this happen. So we wanted to at least get out the first half of the pod that entailed all of the UND topics. Uh, and we'll just work on having more. We, have, we already have two redundancies when we record this pod. It's recorded on two different devices, and they both failed us this week. So we'll get it fixed for next week, and we'll be right back with you next Monday for a record session and then Tuesday for a release, hopefully with a full A-side and B-side coming your way. But anyway, just wanted to let you know why there isn't a B-side this week. It's because technology hates us sometimes. So on behalf of Bill Shaves and our producer, Cassie Niles, I'm Alex Heiner. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week out there. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.